Okay, we are going to take just a minute and talk about the song of Moses and Miriam from Exodus chapter 15. And as promised, we are going to just quickly go through and see the kabod that God promised, as we talked about last time, that he would show in Exodus 14 verses 17 and 18, I believe that was. Let me look for sure and see about that. Exodus 14 verses 17 and 18, he says, I'm going to get this honor and I'm going to get it from Pharaoh and the Egyptians. And we talked about how that kabod is a showing, a displaying of the various attributes of God. Lots of times we think about glory or honor as being something always that's um, positive in our minds, like majesty or compassion. But the characteristics of God that are displayed when he displays his glory are not all compassion and majesty. They include wrath and anger, and they include punishment. They include fearfulness. And so we're going to see the various attributes of God on display in the song of Moses and Miriam. Now, why would we be doing this in a study of comfort? I'm telling you what, if you read Exodus chapter 15 and you are one of the children of God, you will find a great sense of security there. You will walk away from that chapter understanding that you're serving the same God, that you're serving that God of power, that you're serving that God who has the ability to guide you to his holy habitation. You are in his sanctuary and he's going to take care of you. And so I think it's very important in a study of comfort that we think for a few minutes today from Exodus chapter 15 about the glory of God. So verse 1 God has triumphed gloriously. We talked about that word, Gah. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. There we see in the overarching characteristic of God's glory that we're going to see in this chapter, of course, is power because he's going to congeal a sea for his people to walk across and then he's going to drown the Egyptians who essay to do the same. So in verse 1, we see power. And we see the power to punish, the wisdom of punishment that God displays there. He is going to punish evil. And so we see his power and his punishment there in verse 1. In verse 2, we see his salvation and his stability. He's going to punish some, but he is going to become the salvation he has become my salvation. He's going to be the salvation of those who are following him. And we see stability. He is my God and he is my father's God. So stability. In verse 3, we see that God doesn't mess around when he's going to do something. He's intentional. He's aggressive. God is a man of war. And it's, it's uh, interesting that the translators there said a man of war. God is a man of war. He knows what he's doing and he's aggressive in doing it. Verse 4, the king's chariots, the horsemen, and the chosen captain, captains, God drowned in the Red Sea. Power again. Verse 6, God's right hand is glorious in power. Power. Verse 6, verse 7, power. He dashed in pieces the enemy with his right hand. Verse 7, God is great in excellency. There we see the 
epitome of what is right and good. Excellence. Verse 7, God overthrew, overthrew those who rose up against him. Power over enemies. Now, verse 7 also is this one's just spelled out for us. He sent forth his wrath, consuming them as stubble. His wrath. We see that as a characteristic of God. Verse 8, power again with the blast of his nostrils, the waters gathered, and the flood stood as a heap and the depths congealed. Power in verse 10, God blew with the wind and the sea covered them, and they sank as lead. That's power and wrath. In verse 11, we see his holiness. God is glorious in holiness. We see his praiseworthiness. He is fearful in praises. He does wonders. He, we see his miraculous power. Sometimes it's not um, going forth as war. Sometimes it's not overcoming an enemy. Sometimes we see his miraculous power in the smallest things. When a woman touched his garment, but it became a very big thing because of the great miraculous power of God. In fact, when that happened to Jesus, he even said, I felt the power go out of me. So in verse 13, his mercy led forth his redeemed. Well, what is that? That shows, that puts on display the mercy of God. So we have mercy and wrath in the same occurrence here that happened at the Red Sea. Wrath on the Egyptians, mercy on the Israelites. And then it says, he guided them in strength. So we see the strength of God to his holy habitation. We see the holiness of God. Verse 14, others will hear and be afraid and sorrowful. We see the reputation, the ability to spread his reputation. And God does that all the time providentially. But he spread his reputation and people feared him. So he is a fearful God of repute. And then in verse 15, Edom, Moab, and Canaan will be amazed and melt away. We see the amazement, the amazing ability of God, the ability to amaze, rather. And we see, again, the ability to spread his reputation. And then in verse 16, fear and dread will fall on the Canaanites. God is to be feared. God is to be dreaded. But God is a God of great reputation. Verse 17, God has purchased these people to bring them in the mountain of his inheritance. I love his purchase ability. You know, we hear about uh, that in the economic news today. What's his buying power? God has the greatest buying power. God has purchased these people to bring them into the mountain of his inheritance. We have been purchased today with the blood of the perfect Lamb of God not with gold and silver, not with material things, but with the blood of the perfect Lamb of God. So God has purchased these people to bring them into the mountain, into the sanctuary of his inheritance. We see the wealth of God and we see the sanctification of God. God's not like a man. God is sanctified and holy. We are to strive to be holy as God is holy. Verse 18, uh, we see that um, God reigns forever and ever. We see his eternality there. Verse 19, the horse and the chariots of Pharaoh drowned and Israel went on dry land. We see the extreme mercy 
and extreme wrath of God, that contrast of those, we see that clearly at the Red Sea. When God said in verses 17 and 18 of chapter 14, I am going to show my kabod and I'm going to do it at the expense of Pharaoh, he wasn't just, um, he, he, he wasn't kidding there. He meant to show the contrast of and the um the contrast and yet the unity of all of his characteristics and he put those on display there at the red sea in a way that he rarely well i don't want to even say rarely because it happens so much in the old testament but in a way that he um really did show that he was a god of extremes that he was a God of infinity, that he was a God of eternality, and that all of these characteristics blend together to make him not a man. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. He doesn't ever do anything wrong. And I also wanted to say that I often say when I'm getting to talk to ladies that all of these attributes that we've just mentioned were displayed most perfectly, most completely at the cross of Calvary. If you take every one of these that we've just mentioned, the holiness of God, the power of God, the punishing power of God, the praiseworthiness of God, the miraculous ability of God, the, um, the sanctification, did I say that, of God, the purchasing power of God. We take all of these characteristics that we see at the Red Sea and we see them even to a greater degree at Calvary. Calvary was the place. That's why Jesus kept saying during his life, my hour has come. I'm going to be glorified. I'm going to be lifted up and draw all men to me. Jesus talked about his glorification and it was the cross. And at the cross, we see every one of these characteristics that we see at the Red Sea, even to their perfection. Hope you have a great day. Thanks for listening.